Genesis chapter 1, notice with me in verses 26 through 29. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 1, and we notice in verse 26 through 29. I'll wait till we can all get there and let our eyes rest on the word of the Lord. Amen. So to summarize this message up front, let me just say this. As born-again believers, as Christians, you have authority from God invested in your mouth. Amen? Amen. However, we must declare it in order to see it. So when God created man in His image and in His likeness, He gave mankind two gifts. One, dominion, and the other one, Seed, dominion and seed. In Genesis 1, verse 26 through 29, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have what? Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and so on. And in verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And verse 29 is the seed part. He said, Behold, I have given you every man herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree, in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to it shall be for your meat. Amen. So what is dominion? Dominion, of course, is control. It is authority. It is the God given right to command. What is the seed? According to the parable of the sower sows the word, you can look at it in Mark 4, and you can look at it in Luke chapter 8. But basically, Jesus said, now the parable is this, the seed is the Word of God. And so God's very own power is inherent in His Word. No word from God is void of power. No word from God in your heart coming out of your mouth is void of power. The same power that is in the Word when it is in a born-again believer and spoken out in faith, hallelujah, will work for you. Now in Hebrews, the first chapter, and in the third verse, it says that He is upholding all things by the Word of His power. And so if you're here tonight, and you feel like perhaps your life has fallen apart or is falling apart, take courage and be encouraged. He's got you and he will uphold you by the mighty word of his power. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to yet comprehend it. But if you will just believe it and start declaring that I'm upheld by the creator of the universe. He is upholding me by the mighty word of his power. Amen. Amen. 
And if he is propelling and upholding the whole universe by the word of his power, he can take care of our PG&E bill. He can take, of, he can take care of ulceritis colitis. He can take care of arthritis. He can take care of cancer. He can do anything. And he's just looking for a people like you and me that will just believe him and receive from him and declare what he has said. Amen. And so the seed of the word of God has the power and the ability to produce results. There is authority in the mouth of a believer. Authority has been invested in your mouth. Romans 5.17 says this. When we receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, something powerful begins to happen in the realm of dominion. He says we will begin to reign in life. Not after we get to heaven, but we'll begin to reign in life through Jesus Christ. Amplified says reign as kings in life. We can reign in life through faith-filled words. Jesus said something extremely significant to us in Luke chapter 12 and in verse 32. Luke the 12th chapter and the 32nd verse. I love this verse of scripture. He says, don't be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little flock. So he's talking to us. We're kind of a little flock here tonight. We might be little numbers, but we're big in faith. Amen? So fear not, heart of the bay, for it is your father's good pleasure. He takes absolute delight in. It literally thrills him when he sees his children walking by faith. It literally thrills him when he sees us believing the word and returning his word to him by speaking it forth. It is your father's great pleasure To do what? To give you the kingdom. Young says it like this. Fear not little flock because your father did delight to give you the reign. The R-E-I-G-N. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the dominion. So this reigning in life through faith-filled words is literally royal authority. I am not looking at a bunch of paupers tonight. God does not see us as paupers. He sees us as royalty. You are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. The Bible says that through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, He has made you kings and priests. Now if you ladies prefer to be called queens, that's fine. But we're all King's kids. We are royalty. And so just like him, we are to imitate him as his kids. Amen? When God wanted to create the universe, he didn't just sit there and think about it. He said something. And he saw what he said. 
And he said in Genesis 2 that he created man to be a living soul. Literally, the sages say in Genesis 2, 7, where it says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The sages literally say that man became a speaking spirit. Man became a speaking spirit. Created in the image and likeness of God, not designed to be quiet. Not designed to think to this mountain. Or think imaginations down. Say it with me, I am a speaking spirit. And if you haven't done much speaking the word yet, maybe you just don't haven't heard this and you haven't known to do it, you can start tonight. You can start tonight. Or maybe if you've gotten behind a little bit, at one time, you know, you were pretty diligent about meditating the word and saying the word and you've kind of let that slip, you can pick it up tonight. I will guarantee you that the word of God in your heart and in your lips will cause you to have a better day tomorrow than you had today if you didn't say what God said. Amen. So your mouth also is like a, it it can be like a a weapon. We have um, the ability to get results through what we believe and say. Now listen, both on the positive side and on the negative side. Now I want you to look at this verse. I want you to look at Proverbs 18 and verse 21. I'm just encouraging all of us to speak faith-filled words all week long. Notice this with me in Proverbs 18, 21, and I'll, I'll paraphrase it for you. It says, the death and life. Where are they? Well, you just don't know what God will do. No, don't, 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 don't put that off on God. He's given you the choice of life or death. And death and life are in the power of what you say. So what, what, what I, I like to say it this way. Words can turn on the life cycle or it can turn on the death cycle. There's two systems out there, and they both operate and they both function really by the same laws and same principles. There's the law of faith, but then there's also the law of fear. So we activate this life cycle. You know, I got on a bike today and I activated that cycle by movement of my legs. It wasn't difficult. It's not hard. It's easy. And God didn't make it difficult for you to activate the life cycle. It just takes some diligence. And it takes some discipline. And it takes some determination to get on the life cycle. And once things don't look so good on the road, stay on it. Because things are going to get better. 
my God's going to turn some things around for you, for me, and for this church. Say, my God's turning things around right now. Now let's look over at James chapter 3, James the third chapter, and let's look at a few verses here. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. God is so good to us. Now, there's another truth there. The more you talk about how God good, how good God is to you, the gooder it gets. Amen? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. Filled me with the Holy Ghost. You're so good to me. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. You healed my broken body. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're so good to me. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to me. You took me out of the pit and put me into the pulpit. <laughs> You're so good to me. And the goodness of God is no respecter of persons. His goodness will follow anyone who trusts God and puts their life in his hands. Amen. We can say as the psalmist said, surely goodness and mercy. What are they doing? They're following us all the days of our life. That means in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, your 90s, and right on in. The mercy of God. Praise God. This is not difficult. This is something we can do. And this is something really that only you can do. You know, we, can, we have shields. Pastor Tom's got his shield down there. I can see it. It's a big shield. <laughs> He's got a big shield of faith. Brother George's got a huge shield over there. Amen. Roll's got kind of a mini shield over there. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> no, we all got our shields. And we can lock those together. Amen. And when fiery darts come our way, we can lock shields together. But you know, this word works at three in the morning when Pastor Tom should be sleeping. Amen? Praise the Lord. I just want to say it again. This is easy. This is not difficult. And you can do it. You can do it. Now, if you will do it. The Bible says, I can do all things through what? Through Christ who strengthens me. Get Jesus Christ involved in helping you watch your mouth. Sometimes I'll pray, Lord, put a watch over the words of my mouth. Let my words be pleasing to you. Let my words be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Let's say it again. I can. I can do all things. Through Christ. 
which strengthens me. Man, if 50% of the Christians would believe that and say it and do it, the landscape of the body of Christ would be so much stronger and so much healthier. But I'm looking at a group of people tonight, I'm persuaded, that are not just hearing this. Amen? Say it with me, but I am a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. So in James chapter 1 and verse 1, chapter 3 verse 1, he says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, what he says, the same is a perfect or a mature man, and able also to bridle or control his whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which they be so great... And are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, wherever the captain or the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, just like that bit, just like we were encouraging on, just like that little rudder. It's a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. If that tongue is not brought into subjection to your spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God, it is loose and it's on the wrong channel. It's on the death cycle. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of those in the sea has been tamed and tamed of mankind. Notice, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So man cannot tame the tongue, but the spirit within you can tame the tongue. If you will subject your life to him on the inside, you can begin to turn the ship of your life. Amen. You can turn things around by saying what God has said about you. Do you see it? So once your mouth is in control, you can control your life under Jesus and under his lordship. Amen. Now, it doesn't take much to get off course. Simple phrases like, well, I feel like I'm about to die can be very harmful. A small flame can become a great fire. Negative statements can amplify your problems. The words that we conceive in our heart and speak out of our mouth release a spiritual force like dynamite. Say this with me. My words can rearrange and change things. This is, man, pastor, I've never heard anything like this. Or, you know, I wish you'd preach something else. This is 70s teaching. This is not 70s teaching. This is current. This is current. The word of faith is not a movement. It's a way of life. Well, I'm beyond that move. Well, if you're beyond faith, I'm sorry. You're in big trouble. Because you can't please Him without it. I said that with a smile on my face. 
So if you've spoken negative words, and we all have, guess what? We can make a course correction. Like today, from Houston, United Airlines took off to go to London Heathrow. And there was extreme turbulence. 16 people got injured on the jet. Unexpected turbulence. But they made a course correction. And they landed at Shannon International Airport in Ireland. See, sometimes it's necessary for us to make a course correction. You know, I'll be honest with you. I've had to repent about some of the words I've spoken. I'm not talking about cuss words. I'm talking about doubt words. I'm talking about fear words and worry words. Amen. I've had to repent. And make my course correction. And plead the blood of Jesus and pray for crop failure. And an awesome time to do that is just get over in the presence of God. And let the blood of Jesus just completely wash it out. Amen. Charles Caps. How many of you ever heard of Charles Caps? Many of you heard of Charles. Here's what Charles said in his book, God's Word, A Creative Power. He says, the word of God conceived in the heart, formed by the tongue, spoken out of the mouth, is creative power. I'll say that again. The word of God conceived in the heart, received, believed in the heart, formed by the tongue, and spoken out of your mouth is creative power. He went on to say this in his little book. I was reading it this afternoon. He said this, faith-filled words will put you over. Anybody have anything to come over? You know, you wouldn't be called overcomers if there wasn't something to come over. Faith-filled words will put you over. Fearful words will defeat you. And then he goes on to say that words are the most powerful thing in the universe. God's Word in you. Coming out of you. Then he went on to say, words, I don't know if you've ever thought of it like this, but he said, words are like containers. Little containers. And they carry faith or fear. And those containers... They produce after their kind. Now you know this verse of scripture, so let me quote it to you. Romans ten seventeen says, and I want you to quote it with me. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now here is a revelation, straight out of Charles Capp's book. God's creative power will work for you. You might be able to get into the bookstore. I highly recommend it. And say what those scriptures say regularly. God's creative power will work for you by God, by Charles Capps. Not by God Capps, but by Charles Capps. I mean, maybe you can go to Kindle or Amazon and download it, but get it and get that in you and just say it, declare it. Amen? He goes on to say, this is a great revelation. He said, faith comes more quickly when you hear yourself quoting and speaking. And saying the things that God said. 
He said, you will more readily receive God's word into your heart by hearing yourself say it than if you hear someone else say it. Now, you're getting fed tonight, I hope, right? So faith is coming. But take it and do it. And then he goes on to say, confess victory in the face of apparent defeat. I mean, you may be on the carpet and your nose may be to the carpet, but out of that carpet should come these words, I'm winning. (laughs) You may may be down for the 10 count, maybe black and blue all over the place, bloody nose, but out of your mouth should be, I'm winning. That's what Paul did. He says, yeah, I've been knocked down. But I'm never knocked out. Because I'm more than a conqueror for him who loves me. So you may be snorting carpet right now, but rejoice in the Lord your God. He is the God who raised Jesus from the dead, and he will raise you up out of that carpet. I think that's shouting material right there. I don't know. Let's look at Luke 10, 19. Let's go ha-ha about five seconds. ha Ha! 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 Woohoo! Yeah! Ha ha, devil! I've got a friend that calls me on the phone, and uh, I'll get the message later, and it'll just be ha 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 ha. I'd rather hear that than. <laughs> Hallelujah! Why can we laugh? Why? Because we've got inside information inside the Bible. And then inside us. Is that true? Luke 10, 19. Let's read this, okay? Ready, read. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing... Say that nothing two more times. And nothing shall by any means hurt me. Now point to yourself. And nothing... Nothing. He's keeping us in the secret place of his presence. Free from the strife of other people's words. Amen. Now the enemy's most powerful weapon is suggestions through words. Let me say that again. The enemy of your soul, the devil... His most powerful weapon is suggestions that he brings to our mind through words. Listen to this statement. I got this from Creflo. This is good. He said, since he cannot bring anything to pass without the assistance of someone with authority, he tries to get you to use your own authority to give birth to his evil plans. That's a a powerful statement. Let me read it again. Since he can't bring anything to pass without the assistance of someone with authority, he tries to get us to use our authority to give birth to his evil plans. Now, is it true or not that part of your dominion and part of your seed and part of the plan of God is this, that Jesus handed you and I a set of keys? 
King's kids with kingdom dominion have kingdom keys. Amen? See, I've got my keys to my car right here. I got one, two, three, four. One's got an American flag on it. Isn't that nice? So with this key, I can get into any door here at the church, except the safe. They don't let me near the safe. We don't know the combination. We don't know the combination. Don't want to know the combination. But I can get to just about any door in this facility. And Jesus said, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The name of Jesus is a big key, isn't it? The name of Jesus unlocks the resources of heaven. Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, what will he do, Jonathan? He will give it you. Oh, hallelujah. The name. The name. The name. The name will put the devil on the run. Run into the high tower of his name. Start enjoying life. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The word is a big key. The blood is another key. The power of the Holy Spirit. Man, you are an advantage. Did you know that? When you speak in tongues, man, you bypass your understanding and you just blow the devil's mind. That's why he fights it so hard because he can't get in on those mysteries that you're talking Here's what Jesus said. We won't spend a lot more time tonight. But notice with me in Matthew 16 and verse 15, please. Say this to me. Whatever I allow to be permissible on earth, the same will be permissible in heaven. Matthew 6, 15, he saith unto them, but whom say you that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered, said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, Peter got a revelation. And his revelation was this, that Jesus Christ is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says, And I say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock. Now, I'm not going to build my church on Peter like they believe in Rome. You know, let's be frank about it. He says, I'm going to build my church on this rock of revelation. And this rock of revelation is that I am the Christ, the son of the living God and the gates of hell. And this is not a closed revelation. This is an open revelation. It is the mysterion. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. And then he said, and I'll build my church, verse 18, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and, extra, and I will give unto you that have this revelation, I'll give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Do you have this revelation that he is the Christ? Here's your keys. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed. Where? Did he tell us that he's going to do everything for us? What do keys denote? Keys denote 
the use of privilege, of access, and of control. He's given us keys. He said, if you will declare it not permissible here on earth, I'll back you up. And if you release it on earth, if you could declare it permissible on earth, you got my back up. He says, I've given you the keys. And one of the greatest keys that he's given us is the ability to have dominion and seed and to be able to say what he has said. Do you know this? That he's placed a lot of things in your control. And this is a great issue for the body of Christ. There's just a whole lot of things that you can do something about. Well, you know, it's a mystery. Well, you just don't, you don't know what God's going to do, you know. He, he may heal me, he may not. He, he, you know, he may see to it that my needs are met, he may not. That's just a bunch of baloney. God's given you the dominion. He's given you the privilege of binding and loosing and declaring. Say it with me, I'm no longer a slave. I'm not a helpless pawn. In my life, I have been given dominion. Let's stand up, everybody. I hope you got something tonight.